0: Hello, everybody. I'm glad we're together again, and I pray uh, that this, you know, this week that you've been able to experience um, the peace and love of God, in, in kind of a, a new life that is kind of upside down. I, that's kind of someone asked me this week, you know, how 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 are you doing? And I was like, well, I mean, life is upside down. It's just totally different than it was a week ago. Um, so I, I just pray that this has allowed you a unique opportunity to experience the love and peace of God. And you know, and also we're in a month of prayer and fasting. Uh, and throughout this month, we're focusing on God's heart for Sabbath rest. And this week we're um, we're focusing on the the opportunity to practice delight uh, and pr- to to really pursue enjoying the good things that God gives. And, um, you know, and and it's interesting in a time like this, um, you know, at one point on, on one side, you kind of feel like those opportunities are stripped away. Kind of the typical ways that we would pursue to practice delight. But I also I have found and I pray that you have as well some very unique opportunities to actually experience some 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 simple delight. Um, and, and, to, and contentment in the little things and gratefulness. And so I pray that, that this week has afforded you both of those opportunities to, to experience the love and peace of God, as well as uh, some delight in ways you didn't expect it. And, you know, and, and however you're joining uh, me right now, uh, if you're gathered together uh, in a house church, or if maybe you're just with your family or roommates, um, maybe you're watching this by yourself. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be sharing this moment with you. I pray that this is a time of encouragement and um, and, and a time of fellowship with each other in this kind of new way, as well as uh, with our God. Um, you know, and, and as we're in this time, kind of the, the COVID-19, the coronavirus has kind of brought into our world, we are certainly facing, um, you know, uncertain times. It's hard to feel like anything is secure when, when those that we are looking to give us information and to lead us are constantly changing the message and it's because the situation is rapidly changing. And so it's just hard to have any sense of normalcy, any sense of um, kind of equilibrium. And, um, and one thing I know I have been faced with and I've been in quite a few conversations is just, it is very clear um, that we are far less in control of our lives than we think we are. Um, and I think I think a lot of people have been faced with that reality uh, right now. And with that, when when we are faced with things that we can't control, what we know is that we need help. We need the help that only God promises, and God promises to be our ever present help in times of need. Um, So with that, we were kind of praying through and thinking through what is a unique opportunity of the next three weeks, um, because we're going to get back into Philippians uh, come Easter. Uh, And we just, we thought it would be a wonderful thing to lean into and reflect on the sovereignty of God. And so quickly, just to define sovereign, a common understanding and definition of sovereign would be to have absolute and ultimate power and control. And it certainly is that. But I think, uh, you know, it's it's more than just control, Um, especially if we're going to think about sovereignty being a comfort in the sovereignty of God. Um, It's important to think of sovereign as rightful authority, and that's both the right to have it and wielding that authority rightly. And so that's what we're going to look at in these next few weeks, the sovereignty of God, God's sovereign authority and provision. So we'll we'll do that over 3 weeks and to do that, we're going to kind of build the framework of this view of God's sovereign authority and provision from a passage in 1st Chronicles. And uh, if you want to turn there with me, uh, you can turn to 1st Chronicles 29 and we'll be there in just a second. But just to give us a little bit of context of what's happening here in 1st Chronicles, uh, this is a section of 1st Chronicles. You know, First off, Chronicles is a historical book. It's an archive. It's a recording of history and order and law. And so this section is a section where King David is giving instruction for the for the the people of god to worship god rightly and particularly here he's talking about the ordering of the temple and he's talking about how the temple should operate and now he's talking about how we should come before god how we should actually worship god in temple worship so the temple to think about it the temple for the people of israel was the place the geographical place that heaven and earth met it was where the presence of god dwelt, It was where the people came and were represented before god by the high priest Um, And so it's a very important um, work to to make sure that temple worship was set up correctly. And so this passage we're coming to today, this is where David starts with this these, and this is really his prayer for the people of God to worship rightly. So if you could, um, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 29, uh, 11 through 13. Let's read that uh, together. It says, "Yours, O God." is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours yours is the kingdom O lord and you are exalted as head above all both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all in your hand are and in your hand sorry in your hand are power and might and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. So for the people of God to worship God and experience the life as God intended them for, uh, we, we must understand who God is. This is where David started. He wanted to point them to the reality of who God is. So notice what David first focused on in verse 11. He he paints this. He, he's putting this just high view of God, trying trying to make us even strain for words. He says the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth. Heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And so we see just this God over all things, over all the cosmos in creation. And then we also see again I think this is important something we'll continue to unpack in the weeks to come is that God is good and I don't know if you caught that in this passage but we see that God is good and that he gives strength and evokes gratitude and adoration we saw that at the end you know he gives strength to all and now we thank you our God and praise your glorious name that is not some just absent venerated worship that is one of adoration and gratitude. So here's today's big idea. So catch this, all right, are you ready? Here we go. Knowing and trusting God's sovereign providence over all creation is the starting point of our peace and courage in the present moment and any moment to come. Knowing and trusting God's sovereign providence over all creation is the starting point of our peace and courage in the present moment and any moment to come. So we want to take advantage of this unique season and this unique opportunity of how we learn. You know, on Sundays, it's, it's more of a, a lecture where you you know the, the audience sits in a passive posture. We want to take a chance of take the opportunity and take advantage of um, creating a more participatory space. And so in that, we want to just kind of create some prompts here and then for you to be able to either, if you know, go with any kind of group you're with, whether again, you're gathered in a house church or you are with a family or roommates or you're just by yourself and maybe you're journaling this, a space for you to interact and to to contemplate and to respond. If you are by yourself and just kind of working through this by yourself, I really wanna encourage you to follow up with um, getting on the phone or a video call with someone else, some other brother or sister in Christ and really um, spend some time in fellowship over these truths. So how are we going to do this today? Um, You know, I I could sit here and try to lay it all out, but really we want to hear from God himself, teaching about himself. And how are we going to do that? We're going to just let the word of God teach us, because what is scripture? Scripture is God's word to us, and specifically it's God's instruction about God. So we're just gonna read through some passages and because scripture is our authority and just just to encourage us toward that in First Thessalonians two thirteen says and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. And listen to this, Isaiah 55:11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. John Piper says this, he says, Vague generalizations about the power of God do not have the same effect as the very voice of God telling us specifically how strong he is, how pervasive his power, how universal his authority, how unlimited his sovereignty, and that our times are in his hands. Man, that's a comfort. So we're going to read God's teaching about himself from various passages that will then lead us to a statement of proclamation and a confession of who God is, and specifically uh, focusing on God as our sovereign God and King. So are you ready? Let's start. So here we go. We're going to start off with Romans 13.1. It says, Let every person be subject to the government authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And John 19, 11 says this, Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. So, What do we draw from that? Here is our confession. We want to see that God has authority over all. So this is what we say. And maybe you want to say this with me. Maybe you just want to take it into your heart. It says this. We praise you, O God, that all authority in the universe belongs to you. We praise you, O God, that all authority in the universe belongs to you. In your highest thoughts, in your imagination, your greatest Imaginations of what God is like, how how far his power reaches, the depths and heights of his authority. Whatever you constrain to, God has authority over it. Okay, again, you guys are going to discuss this or you're going to continue to reflect. Let's continue. Psalm 135, 6 says this. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth. In the seas and all deeps, Ephesians 1:11. In Him we have at- obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. And Isaiah 46:9 through 10 says, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. So what do we get from that? We are led to say this. We stand in awe, O God, that in your freedom you do all that you please and all that you plan. We stand in awe, of God, that in your freedom, you do all that you please and all that you plan. So let us revel in how it goes well in God's plan and promises, especially in the midst of a broken world. How does this majestic, glorious sovereignty have any real impact on me today? Let us consider that and bring that to him. Okay, so here's our last confession and proclamation. And we get it from these verses. Matthew 28, 18, part of the Great Commission. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. John 3:35, For the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. John 17, the second part of verse 1 and verse 2. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you. Since you, have been, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And then Ephesians one 20 through 20-22. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. And then lastly, 1 Peter 3, 22. Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him? That is Peter speaking of Jesus. So let's think about where this leads us and let's make this proclamation here now. We marvel, O oh God, that you share this total authority and rule completely with your Son. Is that striking to you? Why does that matter? Just as the temple was where heaven and earth met in the old covenant, and our salvation in Christ, heaven and earth has met in us. And Christ the King's rule and reign is intact over our lives and are very real. In personal way. I pray that's astounding to you. Let me just say that again. Just as the temple was where heaven and earth met in the old covenant and our salvation in Christ, heaven and earth has met in us. Because Christ is in us, we've been given the Holy Spirit and Christ the King's rule and reign is intact over our lives in a very real and personal way. So God is sovereign over all the universe. God is free to do all that he pleases and plans and he does. And God shares his sovereign authority and rule completely with King Jesus. So in the next two weeks to follow, we'll look at how God is sovereign over all rulers, powers, and nature, and how God is sovereign over accomplishing accomplishing his work, his mission in this world. So I want to close us in prayer and then I want to invite you to continue to discuss if you are with others, to continue to journal. Um, There are some resources and some questions to help guide you uh, along with this that you can use. uh, And then please make sure, especially if you're by yourself right now, to to spend some time with others uh, today or tomorrow, very soon uh, on the phone or on a video conference. Um, and uh, spend some time praying through and discussing the implications of God's sovereign rule and provision over our lives. We pray. Um, God, we love you and we just, um, I pray right now you would humble our hearts as we are before you. I pray that you would just um, help us to, to really come to the point of recognizing that our thoughts are not high enough or that our words are not sufficient when it comes to Um, describing you when it comes to um, attaining the worth of your glory. Lord, I pray that we would become more and more comfortable with you being in control and not us. Lord, with you being in control in a world that is broken and straining under the weight of, of sin and death. And Lord, reaching out for another to deliver. And God, that is you. So Lord, uh, continue to work in us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.